That is the bell to round number five of Fight Five Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs, ranchos aligado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Fonzo Ruiz, of course, with my partner, Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Just ready to talk about boxing, man. That's right. I said punches and bunches, Rick. We saw a lot of punches and bunches this past Friday at the San Diego Sports Arena. What a fight between Navarrete and Joe Gonzalez. That was an old school fight, Rick. Like, good, uh, well, we'll talk about the venue, mm -hmm. but good fighters, world class fighters, and what a show they gave us, man. No, yeah, you know, I, I went in thinking, you know, Navarrete was going to, um, you know, outclass Joe Gonzalez. And, um, you know, Joette showed a lot of heart in that fight. Yeah, he did. And we'll talk about that more in the next segment, talk about uh, some of the fights that took place on that card. There was actually some pretty decent ones. I was mm -hmm. impressed. Uh, I think I was impressed with uh, Cash Flow, mm -hmm. um, right? We'll talk about him as well. I loved his entrance, the Michael Myers entrance, and he um, put a performance to match that. But, um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, man, that was an old school Olympic auditorium, Carlos Zarate, old school Bobby Chacon. That was that kind of a fight. Um, it's funny, right? Because it was a somewhat of a lopsided win for Navarrete, uh -huh. but it didn't seem that way, right? I think one of the judges had it 118 to 110 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't that. But Probably not that, yeah. but, but he definitely won, but uh -huh. it didn't seem so lopsided simply because of the heart and guts that Joe Gonzalez shown. Yeah. Um, Joe Gonzalez, right? So here's a guy who's lost only twice, right, to Emmanuel Navarrete and to Shakur Stevenson, who, of course, has a big fight coming up uh, next week against Jamal Herring, right? So um, another big fight or big fighter that we missed because we dedicated the entire last week's podcast mm -hmm. to the aftermath of the Wilder Fury. But our guy, Mikey Garcia, first fighter to come in here and uh, – spend some time with us here at Standing 8 Count Studios. He goes down, Rick, in yeah. a very, very shocking loss to, to the unknown Sandra Martin. Yeah, well, you know, for those that uh, emailed me separately, I gave them this pick ahead of time. You know, I took Sandor Martin as my lock of the week going into it. You did? Yeah. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody took it as the lock of the week. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, and we're going to talk about that. It's enough so, right? Uh, uh, Mikey's a big enough name. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that long ago that he was a top 10 pound for pound on a lot of boxing yeah. pundits list. So I want to talk about that, Rick, about, you know, where does this put Mikey Garcia? What went wrong? What does he got to do to steer the ship right? You know, course correction and just kind of overall what happened there. Yeah. Because, um, you know, nobody expected that to happen. You couldn't even find film of Sandra Martin, Rick. Yeah, no, it, it, it was tough. Yeah, so, you know, we've got some ideas and some suggestions as to as far as what happened. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that for sure. Um, I'll tell you, Rick, back to the fights from this past Friday at the nostalgic San Diego Sports Arena. Uh -huh. Okay, so this place has hosted, right, some some big fights. It hosted the first Ollie Norton of what turned out to be their trilogy. The first fight, Rick, was the one that Muhammad Ali actually lost and had his jaw broken in the second round, I believe, that Ken Norton beat him. There was also the uh, Felix Trinidad, uh -huh. You had mentioned, right, won his welterweight championship. Who did he beat there? It was Maurice Blocker. Maurice Blocker, that's right. So the venue itself, right, a lot of, a lot of history at that venue mm -hmm. with boxing. But I'm going to tell you something, Rick, okay? Yeah. And the seats are okay, right? The seats are, you know, they give you a good vantage point. It's a big arena, right? I'm going to say it probably sits about, I don't know, 14,000 or something. Yeah, 14,000. I think they, they cut it in half for this event. They have to cut yeah. it in half because it's not going to draw that many. Yeah. And so that part I don't like. So you don't get the sound coming from one end, right? But again, any seat there is pretty decent. But as far as the concessions and whatnot, Rick, I don't know, right? I, 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 I'll tell you what. I had an issue with the 1575 adult beverages there. Yeah. That's a little steep, Rick. No, yeah, and then we're talking about the uh, you know the tall cans. You That's know, right. It, it uh, yeah, you know, and then everything you know you know the, you got the craft beers. You've got yeah. this and that. 
um it definitely wasn't you know if if you ask me yeah you know do i want to go to the san diego sports yeah. arena or do i want to go to fantasy springs right smaller venue mm-hmm. you know seven dollar beers yeah i'd much rather go to the fantasy springs. yeah that's a great point rick um yeah sign me up for the fantasy springs uh-huh. sign me up for the pachanga right yeah um sign me up for the um Oh gosh, the place up here on the 15 with mm-hmm. Thompson Promotions, right? Um, Omega, yeah. right? Uh, pro- any one of those, right, is better. It's just a different feel. Yeah, you mentioned about the beer. They serve nothing but craft beer, which is fine, but most fight fans, right? And you can kind of hear it back there, right? They mm-hmm. were looking for where's the Modelo? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where's the Coors Lights? And and that's that's the other thing with some of these venues, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, we're sitting on the floor. Yeah, they usually have a little stand there yeah. where if you want to get a beer, yeah, you don't have to go all the way up the that's stairs. That's exactly right. And then come all the way back down. Yep. you know, with your beers. Yeah, you know, there there's um, even at the uh, Dignity Sports. Yeah, you know, they have multiple. Yeah, you know, places on the floor where you yeah. can buy beer. Yeah, that's ex- absolutely right. That's another place that I'd rather yeah. go watch a fight. That's what I'm saying. And, but part of it, I think, is because it's a very old-school arena. Mm-hmm. But I think they can do a better job. And there's no reason why, to your point, you couldn't set up you know, concession stands right there on the floor. Yeah. Um, don't even get me started about the food choices. Now, we don't go there to eat dinner. No. Okay, we don't make dinner arrangements and say, hey, we're going to eat you know, uh-huh. while we're at the fights. But please, right? Yeah. You could at least offer something. That's semi decent. I think you had a corn dog, Rick, and it looked like uh, it was no different than the the frozen corn dogs yeah. I've, I've got in my freezer. The uh, I saw the nachos people ordered, the hot dogs, and by the way, yeah, a, a hot dog and a soda about twenty bucks. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I'd never seen prices like that before. Yeah, you know, like we go to the Dignity Sports, you can get uh, you know tacos. Yeah, you know you can That's get right. uh, if That's you right. want to. A sushi bowl, you can get, you know, that. Yeah. It was just, it was, uh, the selection just wasn't there. It's kind of interesting. And again, yeah. I'm not, you know, we're not condoning that they, you know, sell alcohol for yeah. as cheap as possible because we don't want the, you know, Andy Ruiz, mm-hmm. Chris Ariola, what happened in that event, right? But it's just be reasonable. The other thing too, right, you know, outside of the concession stands, there was nothing outside of the ring area that would make you think there was a boxing match taking place there. We could have been going to a track meet or a hockey uh, 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 game or a basketball game. You wouldn't know it because when you entered through the turnstiles there, Rick, did you see any posters, anything about Navarrete or Joe Gonzalez? Yeah, there was was zero. Nothing. No no signage, no anything. It was just, uh, you know, you know what else we didn't get? Yeah. You know the um, the guys selling the bootleg T-shirts outside. Yeah, that's they, right. They weren't even there. No, nothing, nothing. No bootleg T-shirts outside. No, no official, um, <laughs> you know, gear inside. Mm-hmm. Not even the you know the bacon wrapped hot dogs and stuff outside when you're leaving the arena, right? No, it, it was slim pickings. Well, you know, well, all, well, everything. We'll even take that. Yeah, everything that makes a fight a fight. Yeah, it it, it seemed like it wasn't there. Even the. Um, we were talking about it earlier. Even the fight sheet, right? Yeah. The one that gives you the the, the card sheet, the yeah. one that shows you all the different fighters that are coming up, right? Not even that was available. Not even there. You know, I just you know, and and, and I grew up in San Diego. You know, uh, it um, the sports arena. I guess it's been there since '66. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, kind of a dump. It's always kind yeah. of been. You know, that's why you know San Diego kind of loses their teams. Yeah. They don't want to build a new stadium. You know, sports arena. They've talked about making a new one and and it just it's the same old one yeah again right the 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 vantage point to watch the fight is fine right so Mm -hmm. that that part is cool you know anywhere you sit there you can see the fight pretty good it's just some of the other things i thought you know if top rank is the one promoting that i thought they could have done a a better job of giving it a better feel as far as you know the fight um all right rick so um we are in round five yeah of fight number five and we always talk about a fight that resonates with us that we remember you've got this week's round five rick what do you got so for this week um this is the 30 year anniversary october 18th 1991 it was called test of courage (laughs) merciless ray mercer and tommy the duke morrison wow and so that fight ended in round five round five right with ray mercer uh really thrashing it's a brutal knockout right yeah which which was which was interesting because mm-hmm. that was for the wbo world heavyweight title right at the time and and both undefeated at the time you know uh 17 and 0 mercer yeah versus 28 and 0 uh 
Tommy Morrison. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good fight. And it's interesting because, of course, Tommy, um, I almost called him Tommy Gunn mm -hmm. because that was his name on, what was it? Was it Rocky? It, Rocky Five, five which, yeah, is, Rocky which is five. generally yeah. uh, viewed as the worst one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. he never really fought in the ring, right? Uh -huh. They fought out in the streets, yeah. right? Well, you know, my ring's outside. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, but yes, but so Tommy Morrison, of course, goes on to beat George Foreman, right? Mm -hmm. For at the time was the vacant WBO heavyweight championship. So that fight didn't stop him in his tracks as far as him being a, a champion. Yeah. And then what was interesting is Foreman, after losing to Tommy Morrison, the very next fight beats, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Moore. Michael Moore meets Michael Moore, yeah. the lefty for uh, for the big champ for the heavyweight championship. So, um, and then of course Tommy Morrison, I think he was one of the first boxers at that time, right? That came out and and was pause was HIV positive. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And that was a lot of controversy about who was going to allow him to fight, etc. Um, but yes, yeah. So he fought, Tommy Morrison fought um, George Foreman in 93. And then in 94, Foreman fights Michael Moore for the WBA IBF heavyweight championship, Rick. Yeah. So there you go. There was a big, big round five. Uh, we actually met Merciless Ray Mercer, right, at the uh, Fantasy Springs. I want to say... A, Almost two years ago now, Rick. Yeah, no, it couldn't it, have been last year. Yeah, it could have been. It might have even been three. But yeah, um, you know, nice guy. You know, yeah. hanging out. You know, willing to talk. Yeah, um, you know, couldn't yeah. been couldn't have been better guy. Yeah, my favorite memory about that night, by the way, which was again, let's say two two and a half years ago, is you know we're hanging out there in the hotel lobby, mm -hmm. and Ray Mercer's there, remember? And this uh, this gal, this fan, comes up to him and asks him, uh, "Did you fight tonight? And did you win?" <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh man, uh, she, you know, she, she probably had a bunch of those seven dollar beers. Yeah, no, I don't know if it would have made a difference, Rick. I don't know if it would have made a difference, <laughs> but he just looked and he was very polite, you know. And he goes, "Oh no, ma'am, I don't, I don't fight anymore," you mm -hmm. know. So, all right, folks, coming up, we've got the Mikey Garcia. Uh, I don't want to say disaster, but it was a disaster yeah. for, for poor Mikey Garcia. So we're going to talk about that. We got the boxing news. We have the fights that are coming up this weekend. A lot going on. Catching up from the Wilder Fury aftermath. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. goes boxing alfonso ruiz back with rick prado um a couple other couple other things rick from the fights on friday night a couple other highlights um i got to spend a few minutes talking to adam blue nose lopez yeah. so that was pretty cool um we had spoken remember last uh year mm -hmm. he was one of the first he was the first boxer actually uh to call in and spend some time with us yeah so spent some time talking to him um He's got a fight coming up, so we're going to see if we can get him back on the podcast. He's got a fight. He's going to be on the undercard of the Crawford-Porter uh, fight on 11-20. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Um, I also got to ask Bob Arum, right? And I had not I had not seen Bob Arum um, or had a chance to talk to yeah. him since the Yuri Boy Campus uh, De La Hoya fight. Yeah, and, right? and, and you guys had issues before. That's exactly right, yeah. right? That's exactly right, right? I, he he kind of big lead me. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to have a regular conversation with Mr. Uh -huh. Aram, and he wanted nothing to do with it. Go figure, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I think he's he slowed down a little bit. He, he, you know, it's easier to catch this time. <laughs> That's right. He had, he had no choice. So I asked Bob Aram, I said, I asked him what his opinion was of the... Uh, of Ollie Liston too. This mm -hmm. was the fight where Liston went down and the fight ended in round one. Um, and you've got to see that fight. Yeah. I think anybody who's who's watched it and has any knowledge on boxing knows that there's no way Sonny Liston gets knocked that next gets knocked out from that. I asked Bob Arum. Bob Arum said it was a clean knockout. Ollie knocked him out. Liston was actually hurt. <laughs> so there you go. Right now it's yeah. now it's now it's all clean. Um, but it was cool running into him. Speaking of Bob Arum, of course, um, this fighter had issues with Bob Arum and actually had to sit out for a couple years. Of course, we're talking about Mikey Garcia, Rick. So Mikey Garcia loses a 10-round decision to Sandor Martin over the weekend. Yeah. Um, kind of a ripple effect. 
And so here's the thing, Rick. So let, let's get into it. So you heard the folks on the zone talking about, is it just ring rust? So if we were to put some of this data in a Excel spreadsheet, Rick, and then you put yeah. one of those pie charts together, right? And then you look at the different colors and say, well, geez, you know, why did Mikey Garcia lose? Here's what I've got, Rick. Okay. okay. So you talk about ring rust. Okay. So that, that could be one of them, Rick. Was it the, was it the layoff, right? He had not fought in one year and eight months. Okay. Prior to this year, Rick, the only time Mikey Garcia had fought twice was back in 2018. Okay. Was it his physical condition, Rick? He didn't look um, as trim and as fit as normal, right? He yeah. looked a little, he looked a little pudgy, mm-hmm. which, probably lent itself to him looking a little bit slower, a little lethargic, and maybe not as sharp, right? Yeah. Was it the wrong opponent, right? Sander Martin, it turned out, was not a pushover. He was actually a slick boxer, almost like a Billy Joe Saunders at his best, Mm -hmm. right? Popping when he had to, quicker, right? Or was it this last one, which is the scariest of all for a fighter, was it simply a deterioration of his skill sets, Rick? Somewhere in there of those four to five reasons is why Mikey Garcia did not come out as the victor on Saturday, Rick. Yeah, you know, um, of, of all the ones you listed, um, I, I, I think he was just, uh, he went into it, you know, it, more of the didn't train properly. Yeah. I, I feel like, and not just to get into shape. Yeah. I think they saw the opponent and and everything I read leading up to this fight. Yeah. He was already talking two to three fights after what he was going to do after he wins this fight. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like the look ahead. Yeah. So maybe they kind of took this guy for granted that, you know, hey, this guy's not going to be able to beat us. Right. We've never heard of him. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, didn't train enough. Yeah. To to beat this guy. Yeah, I and I agree, by the way, and yep. that all lends itself, right? So if he was looking ahead, he didn't think that he needed to be at his best, so mm-hmm. that would explain the physical shape, yep. right? So you're saying it could be the physical shape that was attributed, right, to his mindset, which didn't really think much of the opponent. Yeah, and, and you know, looking at the at Sandor Martin's record, yeah, you know, he's lost twice before, but not by knockout. Yeah. So, you know, this, this fight, you know, there was a good chance it was going to go 10, 10 rounds. Yeah. You know, and, you know, was Mikey ready for those 10 rounds? Yeah, and Mikey was saying that, you know, two more rounds would have would have helped him. Here's the thing, Rick. Back in the day, you know, anytime mm-hmm. I get a chance to invoke Alexis Arguello, I'm going to do it. So back in the day, right, after Alexis Arguello, I think he'd rattled off like 20, 25 wins. Um, he, was, he was holding the 130-pound belt at the time, right? And he lost to um, a fighter by the name of Villamar Fernandez, mm-hmm. okay? Now, up until that point... Arguello was fighting at 130. This was a non-title bout at 134, right, 135, yeah. and Arguello lost. Now, this guy, Villamar Fernandez, Rick, wrong opponent. This guy literally danced. He moved around the ring. He was too fast. It just, Arguello wasn't ready for to fight him that night, yeah. right? That being said, you know, Arguello um, would eventually come back and avenge that loss, but he comes back and Arguello still rattles off like, you know, 15 wins before he runs into Aaron Pryor. Yeah. My point is, right, it, it used to happen more, right? Nowadays, losing, I think, is a lot more significant, right? Because yeah. they like to protect that donut or that loss. And, you know, Regis Progress is already coming out on Twitter and was saying, F, like it ruined a big money chance. Uh-huh. And I don't believe it should, by the way, okay? I do think it's very similar to the Alexis Arguello loss. I think you're right, Rick. I think that he looked past them. I think it was a combination of everything that I said. That's what I believe. I yeah. think it's a combination. What I don't think it is yet, I don't think it's a deterioration of his skill sets, Rick. No. I don't. Because he's only 33 years old. No, and, and, and he doesn't have the, uh, you know, he hasn't been beaten to a pulp in some of these fights, you know, where That's true. You know, he, the wear and tear is just not there. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 uh, he's a young 33 yeah. You know, he had this long layoff. Then he had that layoff, you know, when, when he had the issues with top rank. Yeah. So there's about four years yeah. in there, you know, so he's probably physically yeah. 28, 29 years old, yeah. you know, boxing-wise. No, that's a very good point yeah. because here's the thing, right? And I, I've been reading a lot of nonsense in the social media, et cetera, that, you know, 
this is going to tarnish his legacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regardless of what he's done, who's he beaten, this guy's a four-weight division champion, yeah. Rick. Okay, 126, 130, 135, 140. This guy absolutely cleaned out those divisions. When he left those divisions, Rick, there was nobody left to fight. Yeah. Okay, you know, we asked him, we talked about it when he was right here, right? He could have stayed at the time at 135, but there was nobody to fight. Yeah. And and sometimes people will say, well, geez, you know, there was no competition. Well, they are the reason why there's no competition. Mm-hmm. When Larry Holmes dominated the heavyweight division and he gets blamed because there wasn't a lot of competition, well, he was the reason why there wasn't a lot of competition. Because yeah. when those knuckleheads were fighting each other, you know, the, the Witherspoons, the Pinklin Thomas, those guys were giving each other good fights. Yeah. Holmes was just far and ahead away. Ahead of them, and the same with Mikey Garcia. Here's a guy who, in 2018, I mentioned he fought twice. He beats an undefeated Sergey Lipinets, an undefeated mm-hmm. Robert Easter Jr., right? And then he steps up and is one of the only fighters to say, I'll take Earl Spence Jr., even yeah. though it's at 145. And by the way, the Earl Spence Jr. fight, Rick, it was his first fight at 147. He didn't even take a tune-up fight. Yeah. So this guy's legacy is cemented, right? Mm-hmm. Don't blame him for trying to be great and for trying to you know, capture that fifth uh, championship in that fifth dis- uh, division, right? Yeah, didn't look great against Jesse Vargas. He beat him. He should have beat him probably a little bit more uh, convincingly, mm-hmm. but he didn't, right? And then he loses this decision to Sandra Martin. So his legacy is intact. What he needs to do now, though, Rick, is I do believe in order to clear his name for the present, his legacy yeah. is is established. Okay, that's done. That's etched in stone. For the present, I do think he needs to fight Sandor Martin, and he could no longer get away with the lackluster win. Yeah. Like, he could have had a lackluster win th- on Saturday, mm-hmm. and that would have been acceptable, right? Yeah. Now he needs to fight him again, but the only way he avenges that loss is to beat him in a convincing manner, Rick. No, yeah, and, and I, I think it will happen. You know, I, I was reading that there was no uh, rematch clause in mm-hmm. this in, in this fight. Um, but you know, here you've got to fight, you know, it was 25 to one yeah, underdog, right. You know, and, and he, and he won. Um, but yeah, he definitely, he has to fight Sandor Martin again. Um, and, um, he has to beat him convincingly, you know, even then, you yeah. know, he's still Mikey Garcia. That's and right. There's still fights out there for, for him to go and, and have and, and yeah. make money, you know, who knows, you know, could it have been the, the style, you know, that he was a lefty, you know? I think it was more, yeah, the ring rust and overlooking him. Yeah, no, I think, again, yeah. they, they all, everything that I, that I said, yeah. right, combined to it. But at the end of the day, I think he just wasn't as prepared. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't as sharp, and you brought up a good point, and I think it's because he was just looking past them. Yeah. And it's easy to, right, when you're looking. You could Again, you couldn't even find video clip of this guy. So I think that, I think he should fight him again. Mm-hmm. Again, if nothing else, just to avenge the loss. He comes back, right? He trains harder. He gets in shape. He he dominates the 10 rounds. And Sandra Martin, to his credit, said, yeah, I'll give him a, a rematch, right? Yeah. He was very fortunate that he was chosen as the opponent, right? And can, by the way, take nothing away from Sandra Martin, right, who, who fought a great fight, right? Yeah. right? Well, here you have a guy who's never fought in the United States before. Yeah. And, and he beats Mikey Garcia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I mean— Again, and he was saying it right now. Of course, you hear all the fighters saying that, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock the world, right? Yeah. And of course, they end up, and it doesn't happen. In this case, it did. So, you know, kudos to him. Certainly not taking away what he did, um, but that needs to happen because really, the fights that we wanted to see Mikey in, we wanted to see him with Manny Pacquiao. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was the talk about the Regis Progreus fight. I still think that that's possible. And yeah. then, of course, the the Josh Taylor. To me. Those would be two signature fights for Mikey Garcia mm-hmm. to kind of end his career, yeah. And, because and, he's got enough money and investments, by the way, and and still could happen. You know, yeah. you, you can fight Sandor Martin. You know, in January. You know, yeah. f- fight. You know, again. Yeah. Around May, June, and and you get one of those fights then. And I hope it does. And I hope yeah. it does. And if nothing else, okay, so there's always you know the silver lining on the cloud, Rick. We've been talking for a while about how. Um, he's one of our favorite fighters. Mm-hmm. Me personally, right, he reminds me of Alexis Arguello because he's a technician in the ring, very fundamentally sound. Maybe, Rick, this is what lights a fire under him. Yeah. Not that he needs yeah. it, right? But you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, you know, maybe maybe he was just getting kind of uh, comfortable. You know, he, he does have a lot of other, you know, um, things that he's, he's interested in and, um, 
you know, maybe this reignites his fire in, in boxing. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe this, right, this gets that motivation. And then, you know, we get a couple of years of seeing the real Mikey Garcia mm-hmm. that, when he's right, belongs in the top 10 pound-for-pound ranking. So, all right, folks, there you go. Big fight, big name. We had to cover that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the fights that took place Friday, talk about the fights coming up, and, of course, all the boxing news. Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, let's talk about some of the uh, fights that took place over the weekend besides the Mikey Garcia. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Um, so on the um, Emmanuel Navarrete uh, card, yeah. um, the co-main event was Giovanni Santillan, a local San Diego fighter, yeah. and uh, he beat uh, Andrew Ruiz by um, unanimous decision. Yeah. Um, after the fight, you know, he was saying that uh, it's time for him to move up and, and get um, the bigger fights at, at, at welterweight. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, he looked good, but mm-hmm. Angel Ruiz was, you know, not, yeah. not, not the stiffest of competition. But I think, yeah, I think it is time yeah. that, that he steps up. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you really like this fighter? It was uh, Floyd Diaz. Yes. Um, <laughs> what was his nickname? Cash Flow. Cash Flow. You know, he's in uh, Floyd Mayweather's uh, camp, by the way. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's, he's promoted by Top Rank, but he's with Team Money. Okay. And he's he's out of Las Vegas. Okay, and he, he beat uh, Jose Ramirez. Um, you know, and this was one where you got 2-0 and o versus, you know, 1-0. and o, Yeah. And uh, usually you don't see too many of those. You, you see 2-0 yeah. and o against like 1-4, 1-5. Yeah. And uh, exciting fight. This was one of my favorite fights of the of the card. Yeah, I agree. They showed a picture up on the screen about uh, these two had fought each other when they were kids. Uh-huh. So it was a good fight. It was very entertaining. Um, you know, it was. It was a very good fight. Yeah. Uh, he won a full round, I think a majority decision or unanimous decision. Hopefully we can get a hold of him. We t- uh, chatted with him for a little bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it was a very entertaining fight. No, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the other thing about this card is it uh, there was a lot of uh, Robert Garcia fighters. He, I was going to say it basically was the Robert <laughs> Garcia stable, <laughs> yeah, right that he brought. And so they went four and zero on this card. Yeah, I, the I would say the fighter who most impressed me, Rick, of mm-hmm. his uh, was uh, Lindolfo Delgado. Yeah, that's the one I thought that looked the best, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay, um, he's undefeated. Right, I think he's 13, 14, and 0. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked really sharp. Yeah. Okay. I know he likes the – Garcia was saying one of his other fighters is the best, but I thought that was uh, his best fighter that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So – but, yeah, he was there almost every fight, him and Stitch Duran, every single fight. Yeah. But, no, yeah, definitely a good card and, um, you know – Top rank put on a, a pretty good show. Yeah. Now the main event, Rick, like we talked about. I mean, Navarrete won. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he won, right? Um, but not without right uh, taking some punches and being hurt yeah. by uh, Joette Gonzalez in the middle of the fight. It was back and forth. I tell you, it was old school. Well worth it. I mean, that's one of those fights where you leave there, right? And yes, the undercards were pretty good fights, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be this way where the main event is the best fight of the entire card. Yeah, and, and I think we were think going into it thinking this is Joy Gonzalez's last shot. If he if he if he doesn't do well in this fight, maybe he doesn't get another title shot. Yeah. But I think his stock actually went up even after, you know, losing this fight. Yeah. You know, showed his toughness. Yeah. Uh, you could see, you know, the underneath his eye, you know, it was it was pretty swollen. Um, but, um, you know, I think he, a couple wins, he may get another shot at a different title. Well, and he should, yeah. right? And he should. And what promoter is not going to want a Joette Gonzalez mm-hmm. um, on their card, yeah. right? Because, like you said, he was there to fight from round one all the way through round 12. Mm-hmm. The dangerous Emmanuel Neveretti, the super busy, he couldn't get him out. Yeah. Right. As hard as he hit him. And, you know, Navarrete's got that long reach and that constant activity. But Joel Gonzalez was right there, man. So you're right. He didn't come out with the win, but he certainly it didn't seem like defeat, certainly from um, from his stock uh, as far as that goes. So yeah. I agree with you. I, I, I don't think it should do anything. He just he lost to a better fighter. But I'd love to see Joel Gonzalez. I mean, and you, and you look at the 130 pound uh, division, right? Mm-hmm. 
Was that 126-pound division? Sorry, you look at the 126-pound division. Joe Gonzalez was ranked number one by the WBO. Yeah. Emmanuel Navarrete's the champion. So that now clears the path, right? Emmanuel Navarrete, you know, the, the idea there, right, for me anyways, what I would like yeah. to see is I still want to see Leo Santa Cruz Navarrete. Yeah. Santa Cruz is still there at 126, Rick. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Leo Santa Cruz, of course, is listed as one of the WBA champions. So they're talking about Santa Cruz and Lee Wood. But you've got Kid Galahad at the IBF, Gary Russell Jr., of course, who mm-hmm. who knows when he's going to fight. But I don't think that's a good matchup for Navarrete. But I think Navarrete against Santa Cruz, Kid Galahad, or Lee Wood would be a good matchup. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I definitely think um, one of those would be good unification bout. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm interested to see who, who Joet Gonzalez is going to fight um, next. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, see where his uh, career goes from there. Well, Joe Gonzalez, and here's the thing, right? Here's some here's some names that are floating around that division, Rick. Michael Conlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget about Josh Warrington, right? Okay. Now, you know, Warrington, of course, uh, they were he was going to fight Lara, and then yeah. he had the headbutt, and that fight was cut short. But there's plenty of fighters yeah. at 126, okay, that I'm telling you right now, that would be a heck of a fight. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, Michael Conlon. It's time he steps up. I I probably favor Joette Gonzalez against uh, Michael Conlon. Yeah. So plenty of fights left at that at that particular division. You know you've got uh, our guy um, Adam Blue Nose Lopez, yeah. right? He's he's there. I think he beat Isaac Dogbo or Dog Babe. Dog Bay still ranked number four by the WBO. I think Adam Lopez beat him. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know he beat him. You've got the dangerous Ruben Villa. Yeah, always dangerous. Who we haven't seen since Navarrete yeah. beat. Well, the thing is, Rick, uh, other than uh, Joy Gonzalez, Ruben Villa was the toughest fight for Navarrete. Yeah. It was a close decision, right? I think one judge gave it to Villa, didn't he? I don't think it was uh, unanimous. Or it was, it was, it was, uh, I thought it was unanimous, but it was closer than uh, I think going into it we yeah. thought it was going to be. So, I mean, this is as good a fight. So, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot going on in the 126-pound division mm-hmm. for uh, an entertaining fighter like Joy Gonzalez. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe finding a Golden Boy stable mate like uh, Zhu Khan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, also on the um, Mikey Garcia undercard, Yeah. Uh, we had Jonathan Bomba Gonzalez yeah. with an upset victory over uh, Elwin Soto. Okay, yes. Uh, it's a split decision victory for the WBO uh, flyweight title. Yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, let me see. I didn't see too much of the rest of that undercard. Um, quickly looking at it, yeah. Then no really fighters of note. Yeah. Um, one of your fighters. Yeah. You know, we we always Shabronsky. Yeah. He did have that Thursday fight. Oh yeah. Uh, versus uh, Ricardo yeah. Adam Luna. Yeah. And he fought to a draw. Wow, and that was here. Uh, was it in L.A.? Yeah, or the O.C. Uh, hangar. Oh, the O.C. hangar. Yeah. Wow, we got to make it there. Yeah. It's on. A, it's every single Thursday. Oh, wow. Be interesting to see. You know, uh-huh. we talk about the sports arena venue. I have a feeling that that's a good venue and they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. We've got to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming up this weekend, we've got uh, Shakur Stevenson's versus uh, Jamal Herring for the WBA or WBO Junior Lightweight title. Yeah, and that's uh, again, that's a fight to clear up the 130 pound division specifically. Mm-hmm. In the WBO, right, um, they got Jamal Herring and Shakur Stevenson both listed as champions, although Herring is considered really the, the true WBO. The idea or the plan, I guess, was Herring against Stevenson and then the winner to face Oscar Valdez, yeah. right? Um, hopefully that still happens, but um, but it remains to be seen, especially after mm-hmm. what happened with Valdez, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, you know, Herring hasn't lost since 2017, and yeah. uh, he's won seven fights in a row. Yeah. So, quick tail of the tape, right? Herring 23 and two, Stevenson 16 and 0. Uh, Herring, of course, the older fighter, both southpaws. Uh, Herring, the older fighter at 35. Big discrepancy or disparity in age, Rick. 35 yeah. to 24 for Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Jamal Herring has the physical height advantage, 5'10". 70-inch uh, reach to 5'7", 68-inch reach for Shakur Stevenson. None of them really big knockout punchers, yeah. Rick. Okay, uh, 50% for Shakur Stevenson, 48% for Jamal Herring. Yeah. So, 
again, right? So this is really, uh, you know, of course, good story with Herring. He's the Marine. Jamal mm-hmm. Semper Fi Herring. Stevenson is favored in this fight, Rick, if you're looking at the numbers, about 75%. Herring the underdog at about a 3-1, to one, okay? I think the question here is, can Stevenson outbox Herring? Can he get inside? Can he score enough? Or is Herring going to be able to use his height advantage? Herring, of course, we last saw him against the, just a completely undersized Carl Frampton. Yeah. Okay, that was just a, a ridiculous matchup. Um, this is a little bit different. Stevenson uh, at 5'7 is busier, quicker, more active. Yeah. I've got Stevenson, Rick, in a 12-round majority decision to unanimous decision. Yeah, no, I have it the same. You know, I I feel like uh, Jamal Herring, you know, he's going to have to probably knock out Shakur Stevenson, and I don't know if he can. I don't think he can. And, um, you know, I I think Shakur is just going to be too young, too fast, and uh, he'll be ready for this fight. Yeah, I agree. Again, you know, um, it was a very motivated Jamal Herring against Carl Frampton. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. And and this is the big fight for Stevenson, right? Stevenson was on the cover of The Ring magazine a couple years ago with Ryan Garcia and Zhu Kan and all these other young fighters. This is his big step-up fight. He beat Joette Gonzalez a couple years ago in a grudge match, right? Because Joette Gonzalez's girlfriend is dating Stevenson. I don't know if if she still is. I I don't think she is because I just saw a picture of Shakur Stevenson with a different uh, girlfriend, and she's currently pregnant. So, oh, you there know, you it go. Definitely wasn't Joette Gonzalez's All right. uh, sister. Well, there you go. So yeah. sixteen and zero. This this is the big step up fight for mm-hmm. Stevenson. I think top rank knows that Stevenson is probably more of the cash cow than Herring. Mm-hmm. So I think they're setting them up uh, in a very tactical manner. Rick, I think Stevenson wins, and then they try to see because they're all in the same camp there to see if they can set up that fight with uh, with Oscar Valdez. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Um, this should be a pretty good card. Uh, you've got some prospects. Uh, you got Xander Zayas. Oh yeah. You know versus uh, Dan Carpensi. Yep. Uh, which is also my lock of the week. I'm thinking. Uh, You're taking Zan- Xander Zayas. Xander huh? Zayas. You know by, okay. by knockout. Wow. Okay. One. We'll see. Um, Nico Ali Walsh fights on this undercard. Yeah. As well as uh, Evan Holyfield, the younger son of uh, Evander. Yeah. A lot of. Um, a lot of. Um, a, a lot of greatness there, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the genes, right? Yeah, the real deal and uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. right? Who who would uh, who would have figured, right? Yeah, um, but probably uh, the fight everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, this is um, this is gonna be on Friday in Montreal. Okay, ESPN Plus. Oh yeah. So this probably everybody's gonna rush out and get their ESPN Plus <laughs> subscription. <laughs> but this is the title fight: Oscar Rivas versus yes. Ryan. Rosicki. Yes. 12 rounds for the vacant WBC Bridgerweight title. That's right, Rick. Now, how could it be vacant, uh-huh. right? How could the WBC Bridgerweight be vacant? Because it is the inaugural fight, Rick, yeah. for the Bridgerweight Championship. I love how you set it up. It is going to be a huge fight, mm-hmm. just in case, because I guarantee you most people have no idea what the Bridgerweight title is. Yeah. That is the new weight division that the WBC inserted. That is fighters between 200 and 224. So it kind of squeezes them right in there between, you know, the cruiserweight uh, and the heavyweight for those undersized heavyweights, I yeah. guess you want to call it, Rick. Would that be fair? No, right? yeah, that'd be fair. Yeah. And, and so there you have it. Now, they've done this in the past, right? And, and it's worked out. The 122-pound division was created, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and that's where your guy, Wilfredo Bazooka Gomez, yeah. the greatest Puerto Rican fighter ever, even better than... Uh, Trinidad, Rick, simply because of what he accomplished. Uh, and that worked out, right? But that's a little different than this one, yeah. than the Bridgeroy. Because I'm thinking, didn't Deontay Wilder at one point come in at less than 224? Yeah, no, I think it would be uh, something he could probably get down to. I think uh, his first, the first Fury fights, I think he was right around 230. Right, right. So you if know, he wanted to. not cutting to. weight, so he, he could definitely like lose the water weight to get down to... Yeah. You know, 224. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to think that the WBC is doing this in the best interest of the fighters because uh-huh. there's truly fighters between 200 and 224. But um, my cynical side, Rick, says I don't buy it. Uh-huh. I think it's another opportunity to create a championship that creates sanctioning fees. 
for the fighters mm-hmm. and of course is able to collect more money from uh from television yeah. because they are staging a championship fight as opposed to just staging two guys fighting. Yeah. So now time will tell, right? We can look back on this 10 years and say, geez, a good thing we created the bridge weight mm-hmm. uh division, right? But I think if you weigh 210, 220, you should be fighting in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. But then again, you take a look at Tyson Fury at, you know, 280. Almost 280, yeah. Against somebody who's 210. So time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. But we will break this down, you know, next next week. Probably won't get its own section. Or, oh, yeah. You know, oh, but yeah. Uh, we, you know, we definitely will. Absolutely. And uh, that's it for the schedule coming up next week. All right. We'll be right back. A lot of boxing news. And then, of course, the stat of the week. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. So it goes boxing. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. We were talking there in between break, Rick. Uh, I was saying, you know, not even the great Rocky Marciano wouldn't have even made it to the bridger weight. You know, he was like 185 uh-huh. during his reign. As a, One time he fought 212, but he, believe it or not, and that was the heaviest that he ever fought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were saying Mike Tyson probably could have fought in the bridger weight. Yeah, you know, probably could have, uh, you know, he was hovering around there like 220, 2, yeah. 225. Certainly Evander um, Holyfield. Yeah. Right? But again, you know, there's there, there, there's nothing like the prestige mm-hmm. of the heavyweight champion of the world. At least it used to be. Yeah. And, and like, I don't think Usyk would have stopped at the bridger weight. You know, Usyk, you know, wanted to be heavyweight champion that's, of the world. That's a very yeah. good point. How much did he weigh for the fight with... Uh, well, the Wilder. I don't think he was more. I think he would have qualified as a as a yeah. bri- as a bridge weight, right? We'll have to we'll have to take a look yeah. at that. Um, but Rick, let's get into the news. Yeah, stuff going on. So, um, unfortunately, uh, Ryan Garcia uh, he had to pull out of the uh, JoJo Diaz fight with a broken hand and had surgery today, and it was it was successful. Yeah, that's unfortunate, right? Mm-hmm. I know you know JoJo Diaz is is giving him a hard time and whatnot because yeah. they were they were all set to fight, right? Yeah. And because it just seems like it's one thing after another, right? First, it was the, you know, the mental issues, depression, and then now it's a physical ailment. All it means is that, you know, Ryan Garcia started the year off, right, fighting in January, and then we haven't seen him since. Yeah. And we won't see him at this point until next year, right? No, yeah, it'll definitely be next year. Um, I think he was saying he wants to fight at least twice next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of interesting comments going back and forth. Uh, yeah. Jojo Diaz posted a picture of um, an <laughs> X-ray of a chicken. Yeah. With uh, a broken leg. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You know, so anybody hasn't seen that, you know, definitely go out and, uh, and and find that. Yeah, and it's interesting by the way because when that first started, or when it first was kind of coming to fruition that uh, Jojo Diaz could fight Ryan Garcia. They were somewhat amicable, just kind of reading their social media, mm-hmm. right? And then as time, kind of time went on, Jojo Diaz just said, screw it, right? Yeah. Cares if we're in the same camp and same promoter, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and by the way, you know, I, I like, I think that Jojo Diaz, he wants to fight anybody, and I think he will. Mm-hmm. That leads, I think, to your next uh, yeah. something you got, so, right? So um, Eddie Hearn uh, has offered uh, Jojo Diaz the same amount of money yeah. to fight Devin Haney yeah. on uh, December 3rd or 4th, yeah. you know, somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, he said that if he, he doesn't accept this, then it's obviously he's afraid yeah. and doesn't want to, and doesn't want the fight. Yeah, that's exactly right. Didn't he say, send me the contract, B? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, it could, it's not always, you know, Jojo doesn't want the fight. It could be Golden Boy doesn't want the fight, but, uh, you know, what else is he going to do? You know, um, yeah. You know, this is the fight for uh, them to make, you know, since Ryan Garcia is out. And they should, by the way. Yeah. And if their fighter wants to make the fight, yeah, I mean, you know, now you go into the uh, the, the negotiations, mm-hmm. who gets the split, who's the A-side, and all that good stuff. And at the end of the day, but if Jojo Diaz wants to make that fight, that's what I like about Jojo Diaz, by the way. Yeah. He's not afraid, right? He's already no. lost. And even when he lost, like, he didn't care, mm-hmm. right? Um, so hopefully that doesn't get in the way because I would like to see that fight. Yeah, no, I think it'd, it'd be a good fight for uh, Haney. 
you know, Haney's looking for fighters, and, and it seems like nobody wants to fight him. And this is definitely a yeah. step-up fight, right? I mean, I'd probably fav- favor Devin Haney, yeah. to be honest, if you had to put me you know, under the gun right now to pick a, mm-hmm. to pick a winner. But I, I, you know what? But I'm done underestimating Jojo Diaz, though, Rick. Yeah. That's no, the whole thing. It, 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 uh, you know, we didn't think he could outbox Tevin Farmer, and he did. Yeah, know, and, and, exactly, um, exactly. So um, finally, uh, Deontay Wilder got around to uh, congratulating um, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Um, also, it was revealed that uh, he broke his hand during the fight. Yeah, remember we talked about that. You could see mm-hmm. that his hand was injured. And, you know, it's good. Again, Rick, this yeah. guy is a uh, you know, major competitor, um, big ego, right? All of the talk yeah. about what he was going to do and uh, how the out- outcome was going to go in his favor. It doesn't. He really should have done it. You know, that night in the ring, mm-hmm. but that's fine. You know, he wasn't ready to do that. I think it's good that he came back afterwards and, and kind of set his peace and showed the sportsmanship, right? Yeah. Regardless, no excuses. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, uh, right? A lot better than the last time where there was a ton of excuses. Right. For now, anyways, uh-huh. right? For now. I mean, unless we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we talked about last week about, you know, what we would like to see the Browns, uh, the bronze bomber. We'd like to see him against Ruiz. We'd like mm-hmm. to see him against AJ, only in big events. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I think that was good. Yeah. Um, Anthony Joshua, he's been a uh, hero on the West Coast, you know, visiting boxing gyms. Yeah. You know, could be looking for a new trainer. Yeah. Uh, he recently visited the uh, Reynoso camp. Yeah. We were talking about that last week, right? Yeah. That why not at least get input from different. Mm-hmm. Remember, we mentioned the Reynosos, yeah. Robert Garcia, um, uh, what's his name, um, Goosen, mm-hmm. and then of course the uh, who's Pacquiao's trainer, uh, Freddie Roach. Yeah, Freddie Roach. I mean, there's plenty of name trainers that they could at least just get some input on, right? And say, hey, what do you think? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a, a great idea. Um, also, just thinking about the uh, Reynoso gym, I, I just I saw this on uh, Instagram earlier. Yeah, which I thought was a little strange. Yeah, but Manny Pacquiao's son was is working out at the uh, Reynoso yeah. gym. That's interesting. Which, which seems like okay, you know, his dad's mm-hmm. been trained by Freddie Roach for yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like twenty years, and right, he's at a you know another gym. Yeah, an opposing out. gym. Yeah, yeah that's kind of odd. Yeah, so you know, who knows? That could be an interesting uh, yeah. thing to. Look at down the down the road. Yeah, um, Keith Thurman. Uh, finally, he's, he's come out of hiding. My guy. Yeah, um, he's talking about a late December fight. Uh, Twenty-seven months off. Yeah, that's a while. Yeah, that's yeah. a while. I mean, his last fight was against Manny Pacquiao, mm-hmm. right? Where if it wasn't for the first round knockdown, he he would have won that fight. I don't know. No, I think he would have won the <laughs> fight. But um, that's too bad. I'm a big Keith Thurman fan. I don't hide that, Rick. I, yeah. I love. Uh, how he fights, where he's from, what he's about. Um, it's just, but that inactivity, as you could see what happened to Mikey Garcia on yeah. Saturday, um, that's probably the worst thing that a fighter could do, Rick, is yeah. go that dormant for that long. It's not like riding a bike. You can spar hundreds of rounds, but it is nothing like getting in the ring with an opponent in a life fight. Yeah, That's my concern with Keith Thurman, man. So yeah, his his plan was one fight uh, at the end of December, yeah. and fighting twice in in twenty twenty two. Yeah, again, um, this is a guy that beat Porter. This is a guy that beat Danny Garcia, Rick. So yeah. this was you know the welterweight guy, right? Yeah. So my my second lock of the week is we will see Keith Thurman fight one time. Yeah. From now until the end of next year. <laughs> hopefully Keith, not one time. Yeah. Thurman. Ho- hopefully not. Um, the Teofimo Lopez uh, Cambosis fight. Yeah, um, it's been rescheduled again, uh, November twenty seventh on the yeah. zone. Uh, location to be uh, determined. Okay. So you know, it looks like we're finally getting that fight. Yeah, that's another one. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, speaking to Teofimo uh, yeah. at the uh, at the fight this weekend in Fresno, yeah. the Mikey yeah. Garcia fight, him yeah. and Devin Haney, mm-hmm. the Teofimo's dad. Yeah. You've got Haney's yeah. dad. Everybody. Just back and forth, running yeah. the mouth. Eddie Hearn, mm-hmm. everybody. It was just a ridiculous scene. You yeah. know, it. Uh, you know, in in. Uh, my favorite thing of the yeah. thing is is. <laughs> Tiafimo's dad. Yeah. You know the way he, you right. know he's there in his yeah. bright shirt. You know the right. the jewelry. I'm like. He thinks he's the star. Right. You right. know, and you know, so. Yeah. That was. Uh, I don't think. I don't think there's been a dad that. Uh, 
His daughter used the stars, yeah. which is uh, Tia Fimo's dad. I think that you could put uh, Danny Swift Garcia's dad okay. up there with him, yeah. right? He liked to take center stage. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Virgil Ortiz Jr.'s dad, yeah. right, is not afraid to take center stage as well. Uh-huh. You know, it's, and by the way, you know, these are good dads from what we know. I mean, look yeah. at where their kids are. They've guided them, right, kind of mentored them. So good, good on them. But it re- kind of reminds me of, you know, the fast pitch softball that we're very familiar with yeah. and some of these overbearing parents. In this case, these guys have some knowledge and they're helping train and guide their kids. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that actually, that whole um, that whole scene there, that whole incident, it had as much intention, attention as the fight itself, yeah. right? So, but at the end of the day, right, they should fight. So ideally, Lopez fights Cambosis and beats him. Mm-hmm. Um, de- you know, if Devin Haney can get by Jojo Diaz, then there it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they should. I mean, that's what box again, you know, we can talk about this forever, but that's what should happen in that division. Those are the two guys. Teofimo Lopez, and which I, by the way, I think Teofimo Lopez beats him. Yes. Right. And then there is either the Gervonta Davis or mm-hmm. the Ryan Garcia fight, and that's it. Yeah. And then yeah, and then it's probably for time for Teofimo to move it up to one forty. Yeah. So that would be ideal. Yeah. Um, and looking down down the road, you know, a year or two. Yeah. Maybe Teofimo versus uh, Mikey Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, never know. Love to see it at one forty. Yep. Um, Lomachenko, his fight. Um, is scheduled for December 11th versus yeah. Richard Comey yeah. at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and he's going to beat Comey, by yeah. the way. Some of these yeah. opponents are giving him. You know, first it was, you know, <laughs> the, the Japanese. Was it Murata-san or that's the, that's uh, the middleweight? Um, I know it was the Japanese yeah. fighter, tough Japanese fighter. We gave him the fight of the year um, against your uh, Puerto Rican fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, these are... These are these are opponents that yeah. Lomachenko is Tune gonna ups, yeah. is gonna is gonna just completely yeah he's gonna make mincemeat out of these guys right yeah and some people believe it or not Rick they still have Lomachenko in their top ten pound for pound list. it was Nakatani uh, Nakatani yeah, son well, yeah ESPN still has him you know up of there, course of course know, but, but give me a break yeah you know but you know that's fine but Richard Comey I like the fact that Richard Comey's getting an opportunity mm-hmm. that's who Tiafimo Lopez beat originally to win the lightweight championship. Um, I had a chance to spend some time with Comey and mm-hmm. uh, at the Pechanga yeah. uh, when he fought here several years ago. Um, several of his pictures, in fact, are all around the uh, the ring yeah. when he beat uh, Beltran. Um, so when I had a cold one with Beltran <laughs> after the fight when yeah. he said he was done. But um, but yeah, this is just a stay busy fight for Loma. Highly doubt that Comey is going to be able to land anything against him. Yeah. No, it. it uh you know, tough guy, but uh, yeah, I think it it'll be a one lap. It'll be a lopsided unanimous decision, probably. It will, or he knocks yeah. him out. Yeah. Um, and that's it for the uh, boxing news. Gotcha. I'll tell you, Rick, a couple things. Um, so Usyk was two hundred and twenty-one pounds uh-huh. for the AJ fight. Okay. So yeah, so that would have made him certainly a candidate for the Bridgerweight. Bridgerweight. Okay. So maybe the winner of that will fight Usyk, so Usyk can have the Bridgerweight and the heavyweight championship, right? Yeah. Uh, one other small note, Rick, is the uh, my favorite sanctioning body, the WBA. Uh-huh. This is the sanctioning body that has a super champion, a regular champion, a gold champion, an international champion, and, of course, a continental champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is them. So they're, um, they're really giving it to Ugas, right? Ugas wanted to fight Spence Jr. Uh-huh. Now they're telling Ugas that he basically needs to fight one more fight in an eliminator to fight Jamal James, who's listed as the regular WBA champion, and then he'll be considered the super WBA champion with an opportunity to maybe fight one of the other sanctioning bodies, fighters, Rick, champions. Hard-hitting. Was this the uh, the same Jamal James? I think I sent you a message, and I said, who are these guys that are fighting for the uh, welterweight title? Yeah, that's them. Yeah, that's them. Oh. So, but this is the WBA favorite division. Yeah, the WBA, right? The same sanctioning body that when Sonny Liston lost to to Muhammad Ali, Rick, mm-hmm. they completely first time that it had happened at that time. First time that a heavyweight champion loses the belt and goes unranked, Rick. Yeah. Okay, so he loses the fight to Ali, and then the WBA completely removes him. From the rankings, how does that happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He was just a champion and was beating everybody. He loses once and he's not ranked. Yeah, 
All right, and all the guys that were ranked in the WBA, most of the guys listed the B and demolished. Mm -hmm. So there's the WBA for you. All right, Rick, good stuff. We'll be right back to wrap this up with the stat of the week. Can't wait. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado are back. Rick, stat of the week, everybody's favorite yes. segment. So this one is, it'll be Mikey Garcia related. All uh, right. Mikey Garcia, he's a four-division world champion. Yeah. Um, there are five American fighters yeah. that have, do have done the same thing mm -hmm. and five Mexican fighters. And I think this is considered, you know, born in the United States yeah. uh, and, and five born in Mexico. I see. I mean, off the top, I'm yeah. thinking of the Four Kings, right? You got mm -hmm. Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. You got uh, Tommy Hearns, mm -hmm. um, De La Hoya. De La Hoya. And then uh, go ahead and finish the list. Uh, you got Roy Jones Jr. Oh, yeah. And Floyd Mayweather Jr. Okay. Yeah. Um, on the Mexican side. Yes. Um, you have any of them? Well, we talked a little bit about it, yeah. but uh, you got uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, uh -huh. right? Um, did Eric Morales? Yeah, Eric Morales. Yeah, Chavez did not. Chavez did not. Right, he won three, I think, uh -huh. right? Like 130, 135, and 140. Yeah. Right, he missed the other one. Um, now go ahead and finish it, Rick. And then you've got Jorge, Jorge Arce. Oh, yes. Leo Santa Cruz. Okay. And Canelo. That's interesting. Uh, of all of those, the Leo Santa Cruz is kind of a yeah. kind of a sleeper there, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, he currently they still have him listed as the 126, right? I don't think he won at 130, so it had to have been 126, 122, 118, or did he win at 130? He had to have then. Yeah, we'll we'll have to double check. I'll double check it right now, but yeah, interesting. But he's he's the sleeper mm -hmm. of that group, right? Yeah, that is very because again, it's it's not easy to win a championship in four divisions. Obviously, right? There'd be, I mean, look, listen to the stat: only four Americans or five Americans. Yeah, and you, well, and Mikey Garcia. Yeah, Mikey Garcia of those. Yeah, but that's uh, still it's not that many. No, and to do it in the lighter division, I mean, forget about it. You know, uh, Manny Pacquiao was what eight divisions, mm -hmm. right? He literally came from you know what straw weight, right? That's uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, um, so he won world titles in the bantamweight, yeah. super bantamweight, featherweight, and super featherweight. Yeah, so super featherweight is the 130. Yeah, yeah so that's what it is. Yeah, 130, 126, 122, and then uh, bantamweight at 118. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, Rick, that 122 division, the division that Wilfredo, the Bazooka Gomez, absolutely dominated. And, and we're coming to Santa Cruz <laughs> Yeah. Um, on Halloween yeah. Night? Yes. It'll be the one year of know, the, since la his last fight. Of the Gervonta Davis. See, yeah. and that's a guy, you know, like I've said, um, you know, dare to be great, that whole thing. That's mm -hmm. all fine, but I think it has to be calculated, Rick. Yeah. I don't think you could just haphazardly try to step up. I said it from day one. I don't think that he had the size to beat Gervonta Davis. Yeah. Did he have the skill set? Yes. Okay. Um, but there's just no way with the size that he was going to be able to beat this guy. Mm -hmm. So... I don't understand why, uh, again, the WBA still has him listed as a champion. Um, he's been dormant, Rick. He's been quiet. Yeah. And I think that there's a big fight with uh, Navarrete. I'm telling you, Kid Galahad, even Lee Wood would love to see Leo Santa Cruz go across the pond to fight any one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Gal uh, Kid Galahad and Lee Wood. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we want to see Leo Santa Cruz fight again. Uh, hopefully, you know, he still plans on doing it. He is 33, but um, I think he has a few couple more fights. Left he in. has a couple more fights in him, right? He looked great against Gervonta yeah. Davis. Again, he was he was winning, I think, on one or two of the, of the, the judges' cards. He looked sharp, right? He he still is, is extremely skilled, even at 33, but not when you're fighting a guy who's yeah. 130 and probably more like 140 that night, right? But you got, you know, I wanted Josh Warrington. I wanted Josh Warrington and Leo Santa Cruz. Probably too late for that because he's not going to be able to hang out. But Leo Santa Cruz against, again, Galahad. Imagine Santa Cruz and Navarrete 
at at the Staples Center. Screw it. Even though I don't like the Staples Center because every seat you're like 200 feet away, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, Still, what a fight that would be, man. Yeah. No. And I'm. I I just looked it up, and uh, Leo Santa Cruz. um, There's talk that uh, he's going to fight in December. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully it's just kind of a you know, well, we'll see, right? Hopefully he learns from Mikey Garcia. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh and but I don't see I don't think so I I don't I don't think that that's him yeah I think he understands where he's at I know where we're at Rick we're at the end of round number five of our podcast good stuff break today in the NLCS go Dodgers tomorrow Rick do they pull it out yeah lock of the week um, Walker Bueller um, shuts down Atlanta four or five days rest he's ready to yeah, go right re- ready to go and uh, Dodgers win game three. Perfect. There you go. That'll do it for round five. I'll see you next week, Rick. See you next week.